Hey, what's going on? Welcome to another episode of Angular Air. I'm your host, Justin Schwarzenberger, and we're back from IndieConf and we're ready for another episode. Today, we are going to be talking about a new conference, Framework Summit. That uh, should be pretty cool. Good discussion. Joining us today uh, as panelists, we've got Alyssa Nichol with us. Alyssa, how's it going? Hey, guys. And our guest today is the Joe Eames. Joe, how's it going? Good. Doing very well, thanks. All right, so NGConf is over. You kind of have a big part in that. How did that go? Oh, uh, went excellent. I think that uh, most of the feedback was that it was our best NGConf yet. Uh, it was absolutely exhausting for me. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm still sleeping 14 hours a day to recover from the lack of sleep from the week of NGConf. <laughs> But uh, yeah, everything re went really well. Tons. We had more speakers than ever before, more content. We changed our things around and put it out more advanced and intermediate content than we How did you do past. that? How did you fit more speakers in? Was it longer days or? We added uh, a full fourth track on Thursday, the middle day. So that was, a, that was a big part of having more speakers than ever before. That was kind of the key to it right there. But usually we'd have like one or two like sponsor sort of talks that would be off in this sort of fourth room. And instead we created, we just said we're going to dedicate this whole fourth room. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, that whole sleep thing, I kind of feel even as attendee or, or whatnot, you go there and you're like, okay, I got to stay up as, as long as possible because there's so many people to talk to. There's so many mm -hmm. things to do that you're just like, I want to capture this entire time and I'll sleep afterwards. <laughs> right? Yep. Yep. That's so true. It's it's so funny because you'd be like in a conversation, they get midnight and then one and you just don't want to leave it. I'm like, oh man, I got to get up at seven. And then all of a sudden it's two and just having great conversations with great people. Who wants to leave that? Right? Sleep for, is for the week. <laughs> <laughs> right. And then you, yeah, you're walking on the hall, you just finished, you're like, okay, I'm I wrap that up, and you run into somebody and you're like, mm -hmm. okay, I gotta take this opportunity. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Yep, so true. So true. Yeah, and for me, that's like the best part really is just getting to chat and meet with people and talk with people. That's that's my favorite, favorite part of NG Conf is um, seeing my old friends and making new ones. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's really interesting too with uh you know, you have the whole, you stream the conference, right? Mm -hmm. And then you, you, the videos were up right away, really quick this year. So uh, yeah. access to all that content, right? So, so people who even didn't attend the conference, get that opportunity to see all that content, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so then you're kind of like, what's the draw then to come and attend the actual conference, right? But it's this interaction that you can have with everybody that um, is such a big value, right? I mean, right. it's like honestly night and day, I think, from like watching videos online to like being there in person, like not only for the talks themselves, but for the events and the people you meet and the conversations you have, which are like 90% of it for me at least. So I, right. I don't know. I They were talking about um, on the podcast when Jules came on last week when we were at the conference and she was just like, you know, once you come here once, like I, I just, you know, anybody I've met is like, yeah, obviously I have to come back. And so I'm always wondering, like, well, what's going to happen? Like, because the plan is never to grow the attendees, right? Like the the amount. So I'm just like, well, what's going to happen? And everybody wants to go. <laughs> hey, Mike. Yep. No, it's totally true. We're we're at what we're we're never going to add more attendees. Well, I wouldn't say never, but 
it, it's it was so far outside of reality to add more attendees just because I think when we if we add any right now it's it's at the point where it can still feel fairly intimate and close and we could feel like a community if it gets bigger we've all been to conferences or conventions with several thousand people and you don't yeah. feel you just feel like a faceless name in the crowd you don't ever get to see the same person twice you don't get time with people but coming to ngconf that all that stuff is possible i mean where else are you going to sit down and play dungeons and dragons with brad green <laughs> for a couple hours right ngconf that's the place yeah and it's it's really interesting as a you know when you're attending and you're sitting there you're, you're thinking okay there's a talk going on um but i'm in this conversation what do i do and and knowing that like it's recorded you're gonna be able to watch it you kind of go you, you do want to watch, see it live sometimes right but there's still this like okay I'm, I'm good i can i can take in this conversation i can continue it right because i still right. i'm still gonna be able to digest and kind of take in everything so yeah it's really cool right yeah for sure for sure so are you organizing another conference? Is that what's going on here? Um, Alyssa, all I do nowadays is organize conferences. <laughs> right. Not sleep. Mostly they don't go super well. What? Conferences are hard. They're super hard. Right. Um, I've done three conferences that we did once or twice and then didn't do again now. And I got two new ones starting up this year. I hope those ones last for a lot longer and have some of the success that NGConf has seen. But who knows? Who knows? And so one of those ones is what we're going to talk about today, right? The Framework yep. Summit? Yep. Why don't you fill us in a little bit about, uh, about that? Uh, so the backstory to Framework Summit, I think, is a little bit interesting as well as just the whole entire concept of the Framework Summit. So um, and that's another funny thing is just the name, right? We keep having this fight with uh, my partners, some of the other organizers, and some of the staff about, <laughs> is it the Framework Summit or is it just Framework Summit, right? And like all names, when you use it enough a certain way, then you get used to it. And we haven't used it enough either way for at least me to be used to it one way or the other. So I keep calling it the Framework Summit or Framework Summit. But uh, the idea actually came out of one of the original organizers of NGConf, Merrick Christensen, who's no longer on the organizing team anymore. Uh, he's moved on to other things, but he had this idea early on, which we used to call it the, the tri-conference, right? And the tri-conference was Ember, React, and Angular. So we had this conference about all three of what at the time were the really big frameworks, uh, very popular frameworks. And so that we never did anything about it, but it kind of spun around in my head and spun around in my head. And then the last couple of years, I've felt like I've seen more what I feel like is a need and opportunity there. So around a year ago, we started sort of pulling the trigger on it. Conferences take, I don't know, a year, year and a half to really put together. Started pulling the trigger on it and figuring out how best to do it and um, put together a really amazing, really amazing organizing team. Like, I can't believe I've got the opportunity to work with all these fantastic people. Um, John Papa, Dan Wallin, those are uh, names that everybody here will likely recognize or possibly recognize, but Tyler McGinnis, who's a big personality in the React world, uh, Sonny Leggett, who runs Zero Slope, that runs IG, does all the logistics for NGConf, Merrick Christensen, the original organizer, one of the original organizers of NGConf, Murphy Randall, who's a big Elm uh, personality, Tracy Lee, who is a both, she's big in like every community, uh, Sarah Drasner, a big view personality, Sean Larkin, the core contributor to Webpack, so just 
this amazing organizing team, um, Dave Smith, who uh, uh, is doing stuff off with Amazon right now, but also uh, was a big part of both the Angular and uh, I think for a while React communities, but just as a fantastic organization team. That's like together. the biggest organization team. Did you just list like 10 names? Like, uh, let's see, I think we're at 11. Okay. Including myself. If you add myself, like I, 10 names plus me, that's 11. Yeah, it's a big organizing community for sure. Okay. Is that usually like since you've done multiple conferences, do you usually have a group that big or not really? Uh, no, not really. So, you know, or how you set up your organization team can vary a lot from one conference to another. And I've seen a lot of different conferences do it a lot of different ways. But um, this, what, what the way that this sort of works out is uh, there's a couple of us that spend a lot of time and then a lot of people who just show up and they're there to kind of give the direction, right? Put the input, like, how should we do this? How should we do that? Um, and give direction. And then a few of us spend the time actually making things happen. So I feel like that's the best use. There's a lot of people on that on that organizing committee who are very busy with the things that they do. So they don't have time to spend a lot of time actually making things happen, but their input really makes a difference in how, what's the best way to do this or what's the best way to do that. Okay, so you've named it as Framework Conf and gave us a rather impressive list of organizers. What's the 30 second pitch of why this conference and what would somebody get by attending? The 30 second pitches as a web developer, I think the most important decision you make is which framework you're going to be using. And so if that is the most important thing that goes on, I mean, you spend more time with that, then why shouldn't there be a conference that actually focuses on those things as a whole, rather than just picking one of them or just picking, talking about all of anything to do with JavaScript at all, which is really the situation we've got right now. You can go to AngularConf, ViewConf, ReactConf, or you can go to a generic JavaScript conference or something even more generic than that. So I think there's value in something that focuses on all of them and talks about what they have in common as well. So you're going to, are you, is it going to be multi-track where you can essentially focus in on one or is it going to be single track where you're not forced, but you're encouraged to learn more about something that you may not be as familiar with? Yes. The answer to that is yes. That it's going to be single track and multi-track? Yeah. Um, it's actually, so day one is single track and day two is multi-track. Day one, we're going to have 15-minute keynotes by uh, core contributors, official representation from each of the uh, major frameworks. And they'll give sort of a state of the address, a state of the union address about what their framework is doing right now, where it's heading in the near future, so that everybody in the room can be updated on where that framework is, even if they don't use it. Uh, and we also have a keynote by an amazing keynote speaker, Lynn Clark from the Mozilla team, uh, a fantastic, fantastic speaker. And then the rest of that day will be talks uh, about things that apply to everybody, or at least to a majority. There might, you know, you might see talks that are about uh, what something that Vue and React have in common. But the encouragement, and the idea there is that most talks are going to be about things that every one of them have in common. For example, they might be about change detection or routing in general, and talking about each of the different frameworks and how their change detection is both similar and different. Uh, maybe there'll be a talk about virtual DOM and how it's implemented in various uh, frameworks. 
I've heard a lot of amazing ideas coming up so far as people hear the idea of this concept of this, you know, this uh, conference and then say, oh, you know, what would be really cool is to talk about this that uh, bridges these two things. So uh, what, an example is somebody tweeted out that they said, you know what I would love to see is a talk about shared vocabulary, right? Because over here, if you in React, you might say uh, props and in Angular, you might say template ref, but you're actually talking about the same thing. But they don't, they don't know, the, the, the various people don't know that what they're actually talking about is the same thing and, or other shared vocabulary, right? And so a talk that really compares that, hey, over here we call it this, but over here it's called this. And I was like, oh, that would be a really cool talk. Um, so the one thing that that format of, all right, generic on day one with the individual uh, keynotes for each of the different frameworks is great. Um, to me, that says, all right, are you possibly considering closing out day one with a panel, like a Q&A panel? This way, if people have questions, they can talk to the experts from each given framework to say, hey, listen, sell me or answer this question for me. This way, everyone gets those answers to be a little bit more informed going into the multi-track format of day two. Right. That is actually a great idea and something I hadn't considered. <laughs> Mike for the win. Nice. What about um, logistics? Uh, where would one need to travel to uh, to attend said conference? So we thought a lot about where we would put the conference at. And one of the things that I kind of wanted to play around with was the fact that the name of the conference is Framework Conference or Framework Summit, right? So then I thought, hey, if it's a summit, maybe we should do it up in the mountain somewhere. We looked around a lot, and the place that we found that we really actually liked a bunch was uh, a Doubletree Hotel in Park City, Utah. So we looked around. The size is right. It's a, it's a really nice hotel. They use it for the um, Sundance Film Festival as a theater, um, and it has kind of the right format and ability to do single track and multi-track as well. So that's where it's going to be. It's going to be up in Park City, Utah, which is just this amazing location up in the mountains, uh, the Wasatch Mountains in Utah. It'll be in October, the 2nd and 3rd of October, which means that the leaves will all be turned. They're beautiful colors, but it won't be cold. It'll be cooler than it would be in the summer, but no snow on the ground or anything like that. So just an absolutely amazing time to, to see Park City, Utah, and to see the mountains of Utah. That sounds really cool. Yeah, I'm super excited about that. I just want to mention that there's also summits in Hawaii, so just just wanted to say <laughs> that's a good point. Maybe uh, year two. <laughs> Sorry, that's my bad. We started talking about Hawaii at a, a luncheon after NGConf, so now he's got it on the brain. <laughs> I think we need a conference there. I mean, since you're so adept at, at starting conferences. <laughs> one for Hawaii at some point right? or just you know next year's framework summit it can be at like rotating summits you know like you know there's mountains everywhere and people right. want to see them Mount Fuji <clears throat> <laughs> throwing that one out there <laughs> but yeah sorry you go okay so if I uh, if I'm on a team that already knows that we want to use angular right mm -hmm. what the benefit of coming to the framework summit well i think there's a for me there's several goals about the framework summit obviously one of which was just hey let's have a conference that focuses on what is a hugely important choice 
uh, and something impacts your day every day. But you know, then you might say, well, okay, I made my choice. Now I'm doing this one thing. What do I care about the others? And the answer for me to that is the same reason as to why you should care about anything that you're not doing today, which is whatever you're doing today, you're not going to be doing that in five years, right? The web moves way too fast. I'm not doing the same thing I was doing five years ago. I'm not going to be doing in five years. I'm not going to be doing the same thing I'm doing today. And there's a good chance I won't be doing it in a year. So if things are constantly changing, like imagine uh, back when jQuery was all that there was, and then Backbone finally comes out, and people are like, "Oh my gosh, framework for the you know a website! This is amazing!" And actually, kind of, I think Knockout was a little bit before Back Backbone, and Knockout was super cool. Oh my gosh, automatic bindings! I finally found it. We figured it. Like, I don't know if you guys have, you all have ever felt this, but I certainly remember this feeling many, many, many times as a programmer. <sighs> I finally figured out we have arrived. We have now come to the place where everything is green and glorious and good and I will be here. I, this is where I live now. I now live here and I will never ever not live here again. And man, for me, it's FoxPro and C Sharp and ASP.net. And, and then three years later, oh my gosh, I can't believe that I thought that was a good idea. That was so terrible. This is the thing. Now I finally figured it out. And uh, so a, ref, a recognition of that. This is not the thing. Whatever you're doing today is not the thing. Whatever you're doing yesterday is not the thing. Whatever you're going to do tomorrow is not the thing. Instead, what is the thing is change and learning and growth. So that's part of it is just whatever you're doing today is potentially not what you're going to do tomorrow. Why hurt yourself by, by putting on your blinders and saying, I don't want to know anything about anything else that's going on other than what I'm getting paid to do directly today. And two, there is so much opportunity to learn things about the framework that you're working with by learning about the other frameworks and how they do things. And so those are like, for me, two of the big reasons to come and, and learn about the other frameworks. And there, there absolutely is one, a third one. And I know I'm talking for a long time here and you might have comments about this sort of stuff, but the absolute third one is uh, I have this problem when I see religiosity and technology choices. This is the blessed divine way to do stuff. And if you don't do it this blessed divine way, please do not, do not even, I don't want to hear from you. I don't know. Uh, from our Star Wars game, I got the feeling that you were kind of on my side, a.k.a. Sith. So, you know, they're very black and white. So I don't understand <laughs> this middle ground that you're talking about right now. <laughs> right, right. We did have a lot of fun playing uh, that Star Wars role-playing game over at NGCOF, didn't we? I will try not to um, threaten to rip your arms off again as I was playing the Wookiee. <laughs> that was um, super fun. But I, I think that another aspect um, kind of tying from learning from each other is the fact that while there tends to be this combative nature across frameworks right now, the fact of the matter is there are different tools to accomplish the same goal. You're trying to work on front-end web development and there's different ways to solve the problem. Um, and at the same time, that while you may be taking a different approach, you can learn from different people who are doing things a different way. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's phenomenal to be able to counterbalance that in a non-combative way. Right. It just, that does nothing but frustrate me when people are bashing one thing to put their thing forward and what have you. And, Right. Well, and I've met multiple people who, like including myself, have worked on teams that have multiple frameworks in different projects. Um, and so, I mean, being someone who 
like only has Angular experience, it was very painful for me to like jump over onto the React or the Vue project that was going on. And so I think, I don't know, I think there are a lot of people out there that actually have that, even if it's not in their day job, so. Yeah, absolutely. Like if you do work on a multi-framework team, what conference are you gonna go to that's gonna focus, that, you know, a generic JavaScript conference, a lot of the ones that I've gone to, might have one or two talks about any given framework. Right. right? And very, very little that's cross-cutting. I have seen a few cross-cutting talks that talk about how frameworks go uh, apply to each other or what they have in common, but that's very rare. Other than that, at a general conference, the talks are going to be about other topics. So if I'm doing React and Vue, where do I go to get a lot of talks on React and Vue and to get both things farther ahead? There's, there's not really a good place for that right now. So this is, again, if you're on a multi-framework team, this is a great place to come and learn about both frameworks and increase your knowledge on both frameworks or so, all frameworks. So in regards to finding speakers, um, first a question, are you going to be opening a call for paper? Yep. We have invited a fair number of speakers right up front. Uh, we reached out to quite a few uh, speakers and asked them to come and speak. So we've invited a fair number, but we're also going to have a call for papers to f flesh out the rest of the talks. That was going to be part of my next question. So if you were going to invite people, have you done any invitations where we'd like you to come talk about X, but we would like you to talk about X with someone else who's going to be providing a different perspective on X? So shared talks, because I think that could provide some good counterbalance to each other. Well, that's a, that's actually a really interesting idea. Again, I hadn't thought of Are that. Are you looking for a 12th organizer? Right. Yeah, I'm writing my, my little notes. <laughs> talking about the framework tournament at a couple of podcasts and actually had several good, really great ideas. And I think that's actually one of the, one of the really cool things about this is you explain the concept to people, and all of a sudden in their brain, like these lights are going on, like, oh my gosh, I assume you're totally doing this thing because that's completely obvious to me. And over here, we have all these people that have already made these other obvious connections, but like just the opportunity to take take this concept and make these connections, like, oh my, now you could do this and this can't be done anywhere else. And and because these ideas happen so much to me, and it shows that people want this sort of stuff, right? I want to have the opportunity to see this or that or this or that. and the minute that you that a platform appears to have some of these things, then people are starting to connect dots in new and interesting ways that I would never have anticipated. But for me, is super exciting because here I've given the community this thing. Now make this thing into something awesome, right? So I love hearing, getting, finding of these ideas, these gems, right, from people that I talk to about this. Awesome. Hey, I want to touch really quick on some stuff on that multi-framework type of scenario, right? And what it means for potentially for Angular developers and us coming to this type of conference. Um, I think hey, the uh, enterprise. Yeah, well, go ahead. Since we mentioned the CFP, I do want to mention that it opens up May first. Cool. And then you just get that through. We haven't even mentioned the website. Is that where they would go to do the? CFP? Yeah, fr frameworksummit.com. If you just Google Framework Summit, you'll you'll get right to it, or frameworksummit.com. Fortunately, it was actually a very low contested name. Didn't have hardly any conflicts. It's always nice when that works out. Yep. <laughs> nice. Cool. Okay. So multi-framework, right? Mm -hmm. I think in the enterprise, there's a lot of scenarios where 
at an enterprise level, you have multiple teams that are working on different aspects of, of the software that supports that enterprise and using different platforms, right? Different frameworks to do the different things. So you may be working on Angular in one of those scenarios and that's your core focus, but there's this drive to share code and share you know, functionality across these other teams, across your entire ecosystem of the company. Um, right. And things like, you know, Angular Elements are coming into play where that's going to help bridge that gap where us as Angular developers can be thinking about how we can make our Angular code reusable by these other teams within our enterprise that are building with Vue, React, whatnot, right? Right. So I think one of the compelling things that you mentioned earlier is this notion of getting us on the same language to describe these patterns and these scenarios that, that are across the different frameworks. And I think that's going to be go... Uh, very far for helping us as Angular developers, especially in the like when we think about the element scenario of when we put state management in there, we put these other things. Like, how are we going to articulate that to these other teams that are going to use this? Yes, in the Angular element scenario, they're like custom elements, so they're kind of the the basic web interface sort of things. But there's still going to be these commonalities and and this functionality that goes across there. And so the ability to talk about that and then understand it from another frameworks perspective to see how you can communicate that. I think that's going to be really key. And that's one of those benefits of us as Angular developers understanding these other ways that these frameworks pull off working, like was mentioned, in the same realm of building web applications. Right, right, definitely for sure. And I think that if you have the speakers, like if you were able to do a joint session where uh, two speakers could communicate up front and come to the realizations of equality and trying to solve the same problem on their own and have that discovery. There may be some road bumps as people have maybe some heated discussions as they're going through it, but at least work through that before they actually present rather than that manifest in itself in front of a crowd. Right. Right. Yep. For sure. I just really want to use the word manifest. That's all. Nice. <laughs> so, um, did uh, did you just kind of like sit there and say, oh, I got an idea for this conference. It just popped in my head. Let me make this happen. Uh, was it years in the making? Was it, you know, I mean, talk a little bit about that. But like, how does, how does it come into play of like, I'm going to build and, and do a new conference? You know, um, it was funny because we talked about it forever. And um, some of the, or the Angular, the NGConf organizers, we've been chatting about it quite a bit. And yeah, we all thought it was a, a nice idea, but nobody was ever really ready to pull the trigger. And I'm not exactly sure what um, really kicked it over for me and made me say, all right, that's it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make this happen. Uh, I don't remember. There wasn't some beam of light from heaven that finally said, you know, get so. <laughs> None of that. Um, one day I just said, this is, this is too good of an idea to not happen. It was really what it was. What that was for me is, we talked about it a ton. I knew it was a good idea. Uh, it kept coming back up in my brain of this is a this is a great concept. This is a great possibility. And one day I finally said, it's too good. I've got to make this happen. And so I started thinking about who would be the right team of people to help me make this happen. And obviously, what it can't be is you know two or three Angular uh, people. But we're going to make this framework so it happened. It had to be uh, a team of people from across the widest variety of backgrounds uh, and technology backgrounds, both uh, uh, the typical diversity back, you know, background, diverse backgrounds that we think of, but also 
something we don't often think of, which is a technologically diverse background. So I sat and went through all the people that I know or had heard of and started working on that list and invited a bunch of people and ended up with the list that we've got. So when will tickets be on sale? Tickets are on sale already right now. We've got our early bird tickets. Um, let me double check when those uh, expire. Early bird tickets are $650 and they expire, I think pretty soon we go to the regular tickets, which go up a hundred bucks to 750. Um, so you could buy tickets right now. Uh, no problem. We are going to put our workshops on sale here pretty quick. Uh, uh, May 1st, actually. So six more days, seven more days is when the early bird tickets expire. Okay. And then the regular tickets go on sale. So I, I know that as I've been chatting that I've been going against the combative nature, but I want to go the opposite direction. <laughs> what framework was used to write the website? I clicked through it. I, all I could find was um, artifacts of jQuery. <laughs> so the framework that was used to build this is not a JavaScript framework. It's it's actually a tool called Webflow. What? So yeah, it's a tool. What are you Webflow. What are you talking about, Joe? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, right tool for the right job. In fact, I mean, that's another great uh, concept with what's going on here is it's not about there is one blessed right tool. There's right tools for the right job. And that idea makes sense. Um, if you're on a team and it's time to figure out what we're going to build our next uh, thing in and you all know framework A, then framework A is probably the right tool for the job. If you see that, oh, framework B is 3% uh, faster uh, according to the speed metrics, we should go to framework B, right? That's probably not the right move, right? Right tool for the right job. And what makes the right tool can vary. But what I used is a tool called Webflow. If you've seen the advertisement, see these advertisements for Wix all the time. It's, you know, it's like this GUI build yourself sort of a thing. It's so Webflow is that same idea, concept, or like, um, WordPress, same sort of concept. It's about, it's a tool for building websites, but what's really cool about Webflow, I'm gonna give them some little bit of free advertisement here because I was, I was one who built the whole site and I was really highly happy with it. You know, you could buy themes and then just apply them like they can with uh, WordPress, but their GUI editor for doing the design is basically, if you could imagine taking actual CSS, all of what you know about CSS and making just a GUI for that, they actually built that. So I was able to leverage everything that I know about CSS while still making up for my grand deficiencies in both CSS in general <laughs> and design because I was able to you know, purchase an existing template and use that. And then I paid a designer to help me out with some colors. And other than that, I was able to do you know most stuff myself. Uh, Merrick Christensen, one of our organizers, actually works for a the Webflow company, and so he just suggested it. But I went and checked it out. It is super awesome. Plus, they have their own like database of for the data, so I can have like the regular staff who aren't uh, web programmers actually be able to get in and update it. And when new speakers come online, update the speakers. When we create new, when we start creating the sessions and pick. Uh, the sessions and coordinate all of that. There's just a nice little database for them to go in with a really good GUI for them to add in new, new elements and, and manipulate the data that way. And then they can publish it to the site. 
uh, without messing with the actual design. So it's a really great tool. I really enjoyed working with it. And that's what we built it in. And we avoided the whole, what framework are we going to build the website in? <laughs> and, and I appreciate those efforts to uh, go that far with your dedication to the concept of the summit. Right. Yeah, what's great about that for us on, on this side is that that means you can focus your efforts on making the conference epic, right? Which right. Ultimately, what you want to do, what we want you to do, that sort of thing. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. is there anything unique or fun? I know, like NGConf that we just left has like themes and like cool things revolving around the theme. Is there anything like that at Summit that you want to mention? Or um, nothing is on that front has been really decided yet other than the theme of being up in the mountains in Utah. So we're working on the opportunity for people um, to come in a little bit early and get to see some of, you know, check out the mountains, maybe go on a pub crawl uh, in park city or do some guided hiking. Uh, obviously people could just show up early and do hiking on their own, but taking advantage of the fact they're up in the mountains, we're trying to hook that up. That's probably going to be along what our theme will be probably won't come up with something too far out like star wars or anything like that right. um it'll be just about being a summit nice yeah plenty of opportunities there to do stuff because we're up in the middle of some of the most beautiful mountains in the world so plenty of things to do there <clears throat> all right i, I want to ask about uh conference fatigue and it seems mm. like we've got a lot of conferences right now, right? And right. still more in this, we got this new one here, right? And we're having to decide between which ones we can go to, which ones we can make it to. A lot of people can only make it to a couple, right? So, I mean, what do you what are your feelings on that? I, I know maybe it's counter to what you know. We got this new, right? But uh, what do you think? Well, I, I mean, if anybody's feeling conference fatigue, I am because I'm trying to organize a, a ton of different conferences, right? I spend ten times as much time. Uh, NGConf is about 500 hours a year for me to organize. Uh, the framework summit will probably be a couple of hundred hours uh, or 300 hours, much smaller affair than NGConf is. So I'm definitely feeling the conference fatigue myself. Uh, I might I might not be though the best person to ask because man, I love conferences. I've got all these friends that are actually really, really, really close friends, and I see them four times a year when I go to conferences. That's the only time I see them. So for me, a conference, as much as there's might be tons of work for me to do, even the conferences I don't organize, like when I go up to Angular Connect, I volunteer to do as much help as I can. Uh, I host a lot of, try to host as many panels and be involved in their scholarship program, uh, teach a workshop. I'm going to submit to speak as well. I just want to do as much as I possibly can to make Angular Connect the best thing that it can be. So I'm really busy when I go up there. So it's not relaxing in that aspect, but getting to see uh, people meet new friends for me, that's exhilarating no matter what. So I don't think that I ever myself experienced conference fatigue, but the bigger issue, you know, or another related issue might be, we only have so much money to spend on our budget on what conference we're going to go to. In which case, I feel like it's not a matter of you should absolutely choose the favorite summit, but instead, here's an option that you didn't have before that fills this niche that didn't exist, right? If all you could do is choose from you know, we're doing these two frameworks, or I'm, I'm interested in these two frameworks, but I can only choose from either one. Now I have a new option where you can choose a conference which focuses on frameworks, but talks about them all. And, you know, here kind of a funny other sort of goal for this or another potential audience is, uh, 
if you are working in framework A and you don't want to be working in framework any, A anymore, you want to work in framework B. And on your, you know, in your spare time, you're learning framework B, you can tell your boss, I'm going to this conference because they're covering framework A and really you're there <laughs> for the framework B stuff. Right. <laughs> so that's totally okay with me. <laughs> Because I'm also a big fan. I think it's better for employers to have employees that are happy to be there, right? And I think as an employer, I don't want the employee that's unhappy to stay. I want them to go. I want them to be liberated and enabled to go, leave and go and take the job that's going to make them happy so that I can hire somebody else that will be happy and will be productive. So if you're not happy with where you're at, you know, obviously, I don't think your boss really wants to pay to help you find a new job. But... Um, this is a way to to move yourself along that path. And was, as I organize conferences, I always like to have sponsors there, even if they're just recruiting, because that gives people an opportunity to move their careers forward. And as they move their careers forward, their new employers not only benefited, but the old employers benefited too, because we all get better at what we're doing. Uh, we become better employees, we become better workers, and we contribute a lot more to the companies that we're actually at as we become better. And I think as well, for me, I like people that move around a lot because I think I learned more. The one thing I, I think I learned most from, I had 20 jobs in tw the first 20 years of my career. One of the things I learned most from was being working with different people. And if I had to work with the same people for eight straight years, I probably wouldn't have, would have learned a lot less than I did when I worked here for a year or two and then went to a new place and worked with a different team of people who had different ideas about how to do things. And saw that, and I feel I benefited a lot from that. So I'm a big fan of uh, moving when it's time to move. I don't know how you guys feel about that. If I, if you're a uh, nope, I want to work at the same company for 40 years and <laughs> retire on a pension. <laughs> no, my husband's been the same job for like six years, and he loves it there. But I'm always just like, you still learning? You still growing? Like you know. <laughs> Because that's, that's for me that when it's time to move is when it's getting stale. Um, but, but yeah, I totally agree with you. And I think honestly, there's also this other side of me, which I don't know how many people I actually represent in saying this, but like, I like to learn just to learn, like, even if I'm not moving around right now. Um, and so honestly, I'd be absolutely fascinated to go to all these talks because I have no idea. I'm such a nub in other frameworks. <laughs> like, <laughs> like uh, Angular, I know that. So yeah. Right. Yeah, I think it's super compelling to think about, you know, discovering how these other frameworks are, are doing certain stuff, right? And how that aligns with what we're doing in Angular. Um, so we can learn from that. We could potentially see other avenues that, that could be tackled from a different angle or a different light. Um, you know, and, and it's, and you could use, like you mentioned, you could use that as the umbrella of going, look, I haven't, I wanted to play with React, but I haven't really had much time, right? Well, if I go right. to Framework Summit, I, I have some allotted time to dive into that, right? Right. So. And time to talk to the experts in the framework, right? If you're working at a company that's only doing Angular and you yourself want to do, start doing React, you have limited access to people that uh, might be experts in React and you can ask questions like, oh, I've been learning on my own, but I've got this problem and, you know, I've been trying to build this personal project and it's not going so well for me, right? There's the experts, they're right there. And, and certainly for me, when I run a conference, one of the things that I always try to focus on the most is give, letting the attendees get time with the speakers and the experts from their the respective communities, right? 
So that'll be definitely a focus at the Framework Summit as much as it is at NGConf. You know, at NGConf, we do all kinds of activities where we just put speakers sitting in a room and the attendees all know you can go to that room and talk to that speaker about whatever it is you want to talk to them about. Well, within reason, of course. But uh, yeah, that's giving that exposure, giving that time to talk to them. And we also, and we, we have a, a mic and you were there in the room uh, for the speaker dinner, right? Alyssa, Justin, were you at the speaker dinner for NGConf? Okay. Alyssa uh, was, I don't know if you remember when I got up and I talked to the speakers and I said, look, the people that are here, a lot of them want to have time with you. So make time, uh, make yourself available to them. For me, that's always important. And, you know, as a community, we get a lot better when that, that time is given. So just having the opportunity to go talk to experts in something that you're uh, you don't have access to experts is a big thing. I think another big thing, of course, is always uh, when it's time to do a new project, you might reconsider what framework you're going to use. This is a great place to go and um, and find that out and, and explore that. So, yeah, and some of these speakers on here have experience with different frameworks. So that's the other thing is that they can kind of speak to the the differences and the comparisons and things like that. So that's pretty powerful as well. Yeah, everybody would have their different journeys of, because everybody sat there and said, all right, I would like to get involved and I need to do something with front end framework. So which do I choose? So everybody's gone through that thought process. And you have a lot of really smart people who have ended up with different decisions for different reasons. So to be able to get not just the points to re-emphasize yours, but also the counterpoints of, all right, well, maybe I didn't consider that and maybe uh, consider making a switch. Right. So um, one of the big things going around with a lot of different conferences nowadays is diversity and inclusion. Um, are you taking any particular steps to um, make your speakers diverse, your attendees diverse, uh, to make sure that everybody is a, able to be included and B, to feel included? Yeah, so um, there's a, probably a few aspects of that to, that I could speak to. Uh, Let's talk about speaker diversity to begin with. Uh, one of the things that uh, we was really important to us as an organizing community that we have a diverse speaker list. And when you're organizing a conference, you could be limited in the ability to produce uh, diverse speakers just because you're only you're subject to who submits to your CFP usually, right? And I've I've organized a local conference here in Utah, and Utah is a state that has something like. Uh, two percent African American, uh, African Americans in the population, like super low um, amounts of diversity. It's just a, a natural byproduct of who actually lives here, right? So when you're talking about a small, small regional conference, it can be very difficult um, to find diverse speakers from certain groups. So it's all it can it could definitely be a challenge depending on what you're doing and where you're going. So for us, one of the things that we wanted, to, what we spent a lot of time was. And I've heard, I've, I've seen this effort in other conferences, which is, all right, let's look at who is an amazing speaker that has a topic that we can, that we can speak, that can be covered, that really fits the conference, who themselves might come from also a diverse background. Uh, and let's find those people and invite them. I've heard of conferences that make a rule. If they ever invite a, a male to speak, then they have to invite a female to speak, right? And so... You know, along those lines, we're working to increase the diversity of our speaker lineup right from the get-go by inviting people who are great speakers, who are 
technically knowledgeable in the areas that matter to the framework summit people that maybe have been able have worked in multiple frameworks in the past uh, that sort of thing so that was that was our starting point uh, for speakers and of course as we uh, do the cfp we're going to uh, make sure that we practice all the good practices to be blind uh, make sure that we aren't uh, using a lot of nepotism uh, that names and stuff don't uh, come into uh, uh, unconscious bias to sway us towards not choosing speakers uh, from diverse backgrounds, that sort of stuff. We'll do all of that. Then it comes to attendee diversity, right? That's a harder one, right? I mean, we're we're in a position right now where what we need to do is sell tickets just to make sure that the conference itself can happen and can survive. So we want to sell tickets and where we get that those ticket sales from right now, you see, we can't be choosing saying, no, 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 we need a diverse. So uh, we'll do some, what we'll, what we'll do is reach out to some of the groups that uh, cater, well, not cater, uh, are uh, comprised of uh, diverse backgrounds and really market to those as, as well and make that a focus of our marketing. In the end, will they be the ones that buy tickets? I don't know. But I also hope that as we have a nice diverse lineup of speakers that people from underrepresented backgrounds will feel more comfortable to attend. Uh, this conference. Another thing to talk about is just the fact that this is, you know, if you look at a generic JavaScript conference, right, there isn't sort of a, you know, that natural fight because we aren't talking to uh, about this versus this versus this. How's it going, Stephen? Um, you aren't talking about one versus the other versus the other. So there isn't a nat there, there isn't a natural contention point. There is a natural contention point in the framework summit because we've got framework A, we got framework B, we got framework C, and most of the time, with few exceptions, you choose one or the other. So right off the bat, our code of conduct has a bunch of extra language in it about technological diversity, right? And that naturally bleeds over into other aspects of diversity. So I think. Um, there are a lot of code of conducts out there that do talk about technical technological diversity and, and respecting your technological backgrounds or choices but for us that's absolutely a focus and that itself bleeds into the rest of diversity which is protecting making sure that it's inclusive everybody feels comfortable and that we take that very seriously as we organize and then at the event itself that those protections in there and that encouragement that it's a community that we can build a real community uh, matters and for me again one of my big goals was i want people i really i want the kumbayas right i want people that would normally argue over my framework is better than your framework to come make friends that use the framework and at the end there's hugs there's kumbayas they're singing i'm gonna provide some ukuleles so that we can have some kumbayas. <laughs> but that's, I really want that. I want to see the community grow. Uh, community grows not because you say, I'm gonna love everybody. Community grows because you meet people and you reach out to those people, you form connections with those those people. You, uh, you yourself, it's, community is about a connection between two people. And so for me, this is a way to increase the community and it's not, just the Angular community, just the React community, just the Vue community. This is the community at large, the technological community, because people that are doing two different things today are going to be doing the same thing tomorrow. And I want those connections. I want that respect to be fostered and those friendships to be fostered. Yeah, and I think it's empathy that drives that, right? I think it's very key for in this 
sitting setting right with the framework summit to get buy-in and um, acceptance from the speakers that create that content to be really on top of the content they create, the way that they present that content, to be very mm-hmm. empathetic and understanding and say, this is why I chose this, mm-hmm. but it's not the end all be all. And, and, you know, that language that you talked about of conveying that, that look, we're, we're embracing the other, this is just how we do it here. Uh, will go a long way to then permeating down. And we see it in the Angular community. I think that's one thing that's, that's driven from the Angular community early on was the Angular team, the speakers that kind of flow down from the top as the example for attendees and other people in the, the community to follow. And I think you have that opportunity. If you, if you do that with this framework somewhat, then hopefully the discussions around that will be centered around that same type of mentality, which right. would be extremely beneficial. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, are, are you going to, are these going to, is it going to be streamed? Is it going to be something that people can yeah. watch online? Yep. It'll be streamed. Yeah, but that's, that's always been an important point to me. I mean, obviously not every conference is going to have a budget to be able to afford streaming, but when it's possible, I would, I much prefer that we are able to stream. I understand that some conferences, uh, due to various, uh, economic forces sometimes feel like it's best for them to not stream and then publish videos after like a, a few weeks or a month to encourage people to actually attend in person. And obviously, uh, we want this conference to be, uh, financially successful so that it can continue to happen. But for me personally, and for all the people that I've ever done an organizing, organized a conference with, the goal is never about, um, uh, anything other than building community and giving back to the community. That's why we run conferences is because we, we love community and we want to give back to the community. So being able to stream to people that can't come for any reason, but certainly that they can't come because uh, of financial reasons. So that's what the stream is for. It's, it's for so that everybody can participate and enjoy and there isn't tears based on, you know, financial strata. I think that helps drive home the final point of the inclusive nature of what you were talking about. It's not just inclusive for when you're here, but inclusive to others who may, for whatever reason, may not be able to attend, whether or not it's travel cost or family. I know that I've had a few people that were hoping to go to a conference, but just had a kid or something like that, that weren't able to attend for that reason. So it allows people to still feel part of the conference, even though they may not physically be able to be there. Right. Yeah, and of course, if you're doing like a multi-track conference, sometimes it doesn't make sense. Like you can't stream 10 or 15 different streams at the same time. So um, I actually I'm not 100% sure if we will stream all of our tracks on day two or not, or if we'll just pick one and stream it. But uh, the companies that we've used in the past have been been very good about being able to actually upload the talks usually within an hour. So even if you can't, if even if some content isn't live streamed, you can watch it on such a short delay that it might as well be live streamed. That there's no real delay between when the talk is given and when the topic is available to be watched. Yeah, and I think when we talk about like the um, you know the efforts on the inclusion for the ticket purchases and the attendees of the conference and stuff like that, um, something like NG Comp has this. Uh, scenario, like you mentioned, with the videos right being available, the stream being available, the videos being available, but NGConf extended as well and, and getting those events. And I think there's, uh, I've been thinking about this a lot lately, that that there's space that we could put more effort into that scenario of saying, look, it, it, there's that benefit of attending the conference and getting the networking, 
but all this material and all this stuff that you can gain from that can be leveraged without attending the conference. And how can we build a better awareness and get that out to people more like, hey, there's, there's this whole ecosystem of stuff that you could experience this conference without mm -hmm. necessarily attending. And how mm -hmm. can you get more people on the track that, that want to be included say, look, here's this other opportunity to do all this other stuff as well. Right. Speaking of um, possibly if you were down the road of only being able to stream uh, live stream one of the tracks, are these tracks going to be limited to one per framework or are you also going to have other tracks that may be more generalized? Uh, I think that based on, and of course we'll have to see based on what, com what talks are submitted through our CFP, but my anticipation is, is that the topics will actually change. So you might have an Angular talk, and then in that same track, the next talk is a React talk, and then the next talk is a multi-framework talk, right? And then something else. Well, and that also de depends on how we are able to craft and put together. But uh, certainly what we aren't going to have is we're going to have, this is, the, this is the Angular track, and this is the React track, and this is this track, because... Certainly right now, there are some very popular frameworks and the majority of people who watch, the majority of people who attend are gonna be using one of this small set of frameworks. But in the same way that we want diversity from our uh, attendees and from our speakers, we want diversity from our frameworks. So even frameworks that aren't heavily used, we would like them to have a place at the Framework Summit so much as we actually have time and space to give them, right? So as an example, I've reached out to a particular a community member and asked them to prepare a talk on a framework that was recently published by the um, uh, the company that runs Basecamp. Um, what is that? Some, something signals twenty. Oh crap! I know. This, is it twenty one? I can't remember now. I, I'm making a fool of myself because I can't remember the number. But DHH David Hanemeyer Hansen, who uh, invented Rails, and his, and his partner Jason. I can't, I'm not sure how to pronounce it, fried or freed. Uh, they created this new framework called Stimulus. And it's what's for me very interesting about it is it's a really unique take on the idea of a framework because it's a very like light front end framework to co go along with what Rails is. And so I really want to have a talk about that. So I've reached out to somebody, asked them to submit the CFP, um, a talk specifically on that particular framework because what people might learn by looking at that framework and understanding it might really help them out in other things that they're doing uh, in their own frameworks because it's a, it's, a, it's a unique way to look at the problem and a unique solution to it, a very novel, interesting solution to the problem. So for me, I, I want that opportunities there to, for people to see things that are different. And it, certainly for a lot of people, the mainstream is whatever framework they're doing. But then really we have that the mainstream is what these three or four frameworks are doing, but I want to expose uh, people to ideas outside of just even that mainstream and see that there's still innovation going on that we may, you may not have been exposed to, you may not have seen yet, and here it is. Very cool, very cool. All right, well, we're at the top of the hour, so time to wrap it up, put a bow on it. Um, Next week, I think we're talking, uh, what are we talking about next week? We're talking Angular Contributor Days, so that'll be uh, pretty cool for next week's episode. But thanks a lot, Joe, for coming on, talking about Framework Summit. It's uh, frameworksummit.com, correct? Yep, yep, yep. Same thing on, it's at Framework Summit on Twitter. 
So easy to find. All right. So get your tickets, submit your uh, proposals if you want to talk, that sort of thing, right? Yep. Yep. Think up some awesome proposals and submit them. We need them. Awesome. All right. Well, uh, until you plan your next one, <laughs> uh, thanks again for coming on. Really appreciate it. Yep. Thanks. All right, everyone. Take care. See you next week. Later.